Chucky. And I'm your friend to the end. Heidi fucking ho. Ha, ha, ha. And welcome back to Chucky Queers. It's our weekly coverage of Don Mancini's second season on Sci-Fi. And I'm Joe. And I'm Trace, and we are discussing the second episode of season two, The Sinners Are Much More Fun. And hmm. Joe, I had a lot of fun with this episode. I'm not going to lie. I like this more than the last episode. Okay, interesting. I did not enjoy this one quite as much, which is not okay. to say that I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't find there was a lot of meat on these here bones. Do you think we're still in, is it still because we're like in setup phase here? A little bit. I think I was hoping for something a little more bombastic from this episode. Like, we've got the introduction of this incarnate whatever-whatever school, mm-hmm. and I I had big hopes for Lexi's uh, tormentor from her childhood, Trevor, and... I mean, he's basically a discount Draco Malfoy, as she calls him, <laughs> and that wasn't very exciting. Uh, but we do get more Devon Sawa. So, you know what? You take it and you give. Interesting. So I, 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 yeah, so the, the Trevor thing is very much a, okay, well, he's probably going to be a main player for most of this season instead of being killed off like I thought he might be last week. Yeah, he's the new junior, only not even as interesting as junior. Oh, but see, I... I disagree because he is reading sociopath to me, but it's like, he's still a bully, but everything he's saying to her is that cold calculated, like, I'm just being a nice, caring friend, but I'm actually saying something that's really fucked up to you. Yeah, but that's super obvious and not interesting. Like, it would be more interesting if he turns out to actually be reformed and the nice person he's pretending to be, because it feels so obvious. Maybe. I mean, I think, honestly, what what I'm really enjoying about this is that, again, we have all this setup shit out of the way with the kids. So we have the Mm -hmm. kids now together in, well, not their element, but in an element Mm -hmm. where they're working together. And we got taste of that last season. But like now it's like, cool, like we are, this is what we are doing now. And I love that this is now the status quo we are working with. So I think just the fact that that is here is really aiding my enjoyment of this episode. Okay, I can see that. I mean, I'm excited for this new location. It looks very gothic, as Don Mancini told us on our episode uh-huh. of Cult of Chucky. And I I think there's a lot of potential in this setting in Devon Sawa's Father O'Malley character. We mentioned her briefly, but I don't think either one of us realized who it was no. last week. Mm-mm. But yeah, we, we get to learn a little bit more about Sister Ruth, who is the young sister here. And she is played by Laura Jean Korostecki. And folks, you may know that name or see her without the habit on. She's the actress who played Freddie Lowndes on Hannibal. Yes. Okay, so it's so funny because I knew she was going to be in this season because I remember when they yes. cast her. I mm-hmm. thought for sure, I was like, oh, she's going to be Glenn Glenda because of the red hair. Um, not realizing that she's like twice the age that Glenn Glenda should be. Um, <laughs> and also that they cast Lachlan Monroe. <laughs> well, but that came later, though. Like, Laura oh, Jean's okay. casting yeah. came first. Right, yes. But yes, no, no, no. Which, okay, so I'm sorry. Speaking of Glenn Glenda, though, I mean, mm. we have Tiffany and Nika back in this. And this all really worked for me, too. Um there's less plot going on, more so mm-hmm. seeing, like, okay, what is Jennifer Tilly doing with Nika? Right. But there's also a lot more jokes. Like, I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Her watching Liar Liar and <laughs> monologuing with it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. 
No, so I will say as much as I, I it sounds like I'm shitting on this episode. No, no. I liked it fine. All of the stuff with Jennifer Tilly and Fiona Duroff, I did <laughs> like. That was where I felt the, the strongest parts of this element were. And maybe it's just because there's too much setup still going on at the School of Incarnate Lord. But yeah, all of the fun stuff with Jennifer Tilly and, you know, we're we're getting most of our horror homages here. So we're using the Death Becomes Her music. I was going to say, like, <laughs> I'm glad you caught that because, yeah, I was like, well, we get Scream in the first movie. And now it, I hope that's like a running theme where we get one famous piece of horror movie score or movie score in each episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even like a What Lies Beneath kind of <gasps> jokey reference. Oh, my God. I know. Ah! <laughs> I mean, they're they're nothing more than a, hey, do you get this reference? Oh, like, yeah. they're not really adding anything new to it. But all of this stuff is very fun. Even getting to see how Tiffany in Jennifer Tilly's body would decorate this fucking house. It is a pink monstrosity. Yes. And I love it. Okay, honestly, one of the funniest line deliveries for me was um, Fiona Doriff's, you need to go get out of this house and get a job. (laughs) (laughs) And and obviously, it's because we know that Nika wants to try to get her out of the house so that she can escape. And, you know, Tiffany immediately calls her on it. But it's also just a really fucking funny line. (laughs) She's like, how do you spend a hundred million (laughs) dollars? she has that money for the poker right? go 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 poker but tiffany's probably not a good poker player like jennifer tilly is mm, yeah. but, and also i liked this but it doesn't really fly with the character for me um i love tilly's performance when the detective first comes and she is not hiding anything very well no but the tiffany that is in bride of chucky is not like that no so, it, it, granted, I get it, it's, you know, 20 years later or whatever, but, like, it, it's a bit of a betrayal of the character because she's very dumb here. No. I'm no. doing the bit because, oh. remember, she's really terrible. <laughs> I was like, Joe, why are you disagreeing with me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought her comedic delivery when she was being questioned by Detective Giddon was so funny because I'm like, girl, you're really, really awful at this. And you're right. It doesn't make sense because if she was this bad at hiding bodies and criminal activity, she would have been caught a long time ago. But as a comedic piece for Jennifer Tilly to play on this TV show, fucking comedic gold. So she doesn't even miss a beat because she's like, talking about nika at the, at the insane asylum and she's like i can't believe they were stupid enough to let her go no be mm-hmm. oh look you're still here <laughs> <laughs> and our reference to cult of chucky which is appreciated because you know sometimes that feels like the film that the franchise doesn't always either acknowledge or reference as much oh we also have a new character though in nadine who is a mm. nice foil for lexi yeah this was interesting because my mind wobbled a little bit and i couldn't figure out if that was lachlan monroe with like a not great wig but Mm. it turns out this is actually a character who's been appearing on the mighty ducks tv show on disney plus so uh yeah new character nadine played by bella uh higginbotham and i'm intrigued but not entranced with this character because it felt like the series really wanted us to question "Ooh, what is the nature like why is nadine in here and we find out late in the episode it's just because she's a kleptomaniac Eh. so i'm going to say there's more to it than that i will think there's more to it than that however i don't disagree with you where there's like yeah she doesn't grab me however the the exciting part of this is watching her play off of lexi 
Yeah, because Lexi is so disinterested in having anything to do with her. And this character is a big kind of follow on, you know, like, ooh, what are you doing? Hey, do you want to bring me with you? And Lexi's like, could you please leave me alone so I can snort my drugs? <laughs> I just, I've, I've never been friends with someone so glam before. Well, now you never will be. And she like wipes <laughs> off her makeup. Oh, Actually, Devin got a really funny moment whenever they're passing out the uniforms and they're like, you're underweight. And then we get Devin that just does this very gay, like, thank you. you. As his hand is on his chest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like there's a couple of weird moments that don't entirely land. Like it was weird that Jake Snickers when Father O'Malley sends him and Devin to the room and says like, he says something about like straight and Jake snickers about Mm -hmm. it but then two minutes later he's crying about his dead mom and i'm just like wait this is some tonal whiplash oh see i actually liked him crying because i I didn't think it was it it wasn't about his dead mom it was um he was holding all this in and he's like i i did this i brought all of us here y'all are y'all's lives suck because of me like this felt like an emotional like he's been holding this in Mm -hmm. since last episode and this worked for me Oh, I like the crying. I just didn't like him laughing at a joke mm. and then having a breakdown got it. literally 10 seconds later. Like, got it, got it. Okay, that makes it's sense. It's also something where I, I think I just want a little bit more time with the two boys. The first episode did a good job of suggesting that there had been friction because Jake didn't want to upset his foster parents by revealing their queerness and the nature of their relationship. And this episode introduces that same kind of conflict where Jake doesn't want to come out because he says, you know, the Catholics aren't very good with gays. And then that's just a plot beat that is immediately dropped so that we can do other Chucky nonsense. And I get that we need the Chucky nonsense because that's what the show is. But I didn't care about killing Sister Elizabeth with a heart attack. I wanted more of the boys. See, though, I think this is where reviewing a TV show episodically is going to come into play here because I don't think we are mm-hmm. dropping this Catholics hate the gays plotline. I think this oh, will no. absolutely keep coming in. Yeah, no, I I fully agree with you. I think I just wanted a little bit more than this tidbit in an episode filled with sort of ho hum mundane stuff. Like there weren't a ton of great set pieces like the murders that we see there's two people detective Gidden gets killed and then we get a funny jennifer tilly trying to mop up the floor with a fur coat oh yes but then apart from that it's just you know sister elizabeth having a heart attack out of a scare and uh, i guess okay i guess we we are still doing setup though because we have to introduce father bryce and whatever threat he is doing um we we have to incorporate nadine into the group and i I like that now she she knows about chucky and i love that about we've already like crossed that bridge which is great Mm -hmm. yeah because there's nothing more that i hate in slashers where people are either deliberately left in the dark or people aren't being believed about murder so it's good that we just have this new character it's like oh yeah you saw a fucking doll come into this room and now you know so you're in you're into the inner sanctum yes now here's the thing though so honestly what what i really love about this episode is what the end promises for moving forward Okay, so you're excited by they them arriving? Well, I, I thought that was really fun. I love the music mm-hmm. that we have playing over them. I knew, I knew sure. that was going to be the NTs. However, the big okay. thing for me, Nika working with Chucky. Oh, okay. I think yeah. that's really cool because because it's like, okay, what are we going to do with this Tiffany Nika shit? Like, she loves Nika, mm-hmm. but Chucky sometimes comes out. She shows him her blood, blah blah blah. But I love this. Yeah, this in the mind of Nika, she's working with Chucky to take down Jennifer Tilly. I'm Tiffany. Yeah, I think that's a really cool concept. 
I'm definitely intrigued by it. I don't know where it's going to go. I'll admit I was frankly a little bit worried about what the show was going to give Fiona Dourif to work with this season because mm-hmm. they have cut off all of her limbs. Well, and that's so the I was thing, right? Worried that she's not going to get to be uh, it's I don't mean to sound like this is an ableist comment, but I was worried that you wouldn't get to be as expressive because she doesn't have as much to work with. Yeah, no. And so that, that's why we have this. We have these visualizations of the inside of her head where she can mm-hmm. do whatever she wants. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm intrigued. I have no idea how she and Chucky are going to try to pull anything off. But I mean, we already know that they have found some measure of success because the introduction of the episode is Jennifer Tilly discovering a Tiffany doll amputated in her bed a la Godfather. Oh my god, yeah, I thought that was so funny too because she's like, oh yeah, I had a nightmare about a lot. And then like, you know, she brings Chucky out and she's like, oh, Fiona Dorf also selling the fuck out of that Chucky impression. Oh, that laugh still so fucking good <laughs> but i mean so maybe not for you but for me i i am a sucker for plot lines in which the hero has to work with the villain and team up mm, okay yeah no i also always like those i think i just didn't that wasn't my main takeaway from this episode but now that we're having this conversation i am excited to see more where that is gonna go yeah no i i agree well i mean you know maybe uh this this episode will improve upon uh, improve for you once we you know get more mm-hmm. episodes and you see where, where we were heading for all this this is true right we're what like 20 percent into the season at this point yeah. like we still have a very long way to go i'm I'm definitely excited. I'm glad, too, because I didn't know how much Fiona Dorif or Jennifer Tilly we were going to get early in the season. We speculated last week that we might only get a little cameo or something. So it was nice to see a chunk of time dedicated in a way that didn't feel like, and now let's touch in with our legacy characters. Yes, everything feels a lot more organic to me because, again, now now the new characters are part of the franchise like they don't mm-hmm. feel new and so we, right. we've already got we've established all that shit so now yeah it doesn't feel like we're like okay let's check in with the new ones let's check in with the legacy ones now they're all part mm-hmm. of the same story stuff i mean right. i know that T- tilly and nika are like off on their own but like it doesn't feel like a different show to me right full agreement i think maybe that's also why i did struggle a little bit with trevor he feels like an obvious character and also i thought great now we gotta spend some time introducing this new guy well so I think these are growing pains. These are just like new season issues. And once we get into the thick of it, it won't be a problem anymore. Yeah, but you know, I know I complained last week about Lexi's drug problem because that's, I mean, A, she's got like four pills left. She's going to be going through withdrawals very soon. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. However, I'm interested to see her interplay with Trevor because yeah, we only get one scene with Trevor. Yeah, I hope that she doesn't continue to lie about it to Jake and Devin because that's kind of a, oh, I'm not telling people things that they need to know. And I find that kind of boring and frustrating. Yeah, but uh-huh. I get it. This is this is also what people who are under the influence, who are addicts, do struggle with, right? Like they, they hide their addiction. It's just I don't find it particularly compelling and I don't know that I want it in this show. No, I uh, completely agree. I think that, that was a better way of putting what I was trying to say last week where it's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, because yeah, that, that is well-worn territory for TV tropes yes. with drug addicts. And it's like, I almost hope we get a moment where, where or even where Chucky like goes at her is like, God, or, like, makes a comment about like, so we need to lampshade this because this show mm-hmm. does lampshading very well. 
True. Yes. Let let's hope for that because you are correct. We could get a funny lampshade out of this. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, I guess we we've kind of already talked about what, what might happen next week. But do you have any other predictions you want to discuss? Hmm. Well, I think mine is more of a question mark. I'm very curious to see how much time we spend with Glenn Glenda mm-hmm. and what they're going to do because it seemed like. Uh, you know, Tiffany as Jennifer Tilly was trying to cover up the murder as though Glenn Glenda don't have any experience with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just I'm curious to see, are they no longer homicidal? Do they not have any kind of involvement in this world? Are they going to become part of this plan? Like what's going on? But this is the thing, though, because this is my issue, not issue, but question, because Glenn Glenda, one of them is psychotic. The other Mm -hmm. one is not. Right. It's a question of which one. Yeah, I think it's the girl. I think I, I think, think Glinda. it's Glinda. Yeah. Yes, because she's the one that kills the maid at the end, or she she attacks the maid at the end of Seed of Chucky, um, and then Jennifer Tilly, you know, bashes her with the doll or something. Mm-hmm. And it's it's Glenn who is the more reserved, quiet, like not psychotic one. So right, I, I'm interested to see: Are we going to retcon any of this, or are we going to stick to the continuity? Right. Ooh, I feel like I'm also going to have to eat the she pronouns that I just used to describe Glenda because right. we're probably dealing with nine binary characters. Well, but, uh, but see that that that's where this gets murky for me because again, I, look, I am so happy we have this either trans, non-binary, whatever character we're working with, but that we had this and we split them into two different people. Mm-hmm. That that is a gray area where I'm like, okay, how are we doing this? Because you're right. Yeah. We don't. Well, I guess we do know that they go by they them because they're license plate. But maybe only one yeah. of them goes by they them, and the other one does gender. Th- I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm very curious to see because it did seem as though Dawn was a little bit trepidatious about the responsibility of bringing these characters back. So as a queer viewer, I'm very excited to see how the show is going to handle this because. So far, they have played the queer angles very smartly, very wisely, very savvy, right? Like, Chucky has done a great job of addressing its queer elements. Mm -hmm. So I have no doubt that it will continue to do so moving forward. We just, we don't know what that's going to look like with these two characters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully we find out next week. (laughs) Mm, There we go. There we go. All right, everyone. Well, until our next episode, uh, we can cross out. The sinners are much more fun. Indeed. And cross out Chucky Queers. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. Every town has its dark history. Hometown Ghost Stories is a paranormal podcast that goes town to town all across the globe, exploring the world's most haunted places, tapping into the dusty archives and the darkest corners to bring you the most terrifying stories of real people and their harrowing experiences. 
Hometown Ghost Stories dives into the history of haunted locations and investigates why and how these places earned their terrifying reputation. Rob, Dave, and Jesse go live every Tuesday night after an uninterrupted documentary-style breakdown on the case, followed by an open discussion with live viewers. Subscribe today to listen to Hometown Ghost Stories on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube and now Spotify. Head on over to the Bloody FM Podcast Network and check out Hometown Ghost Stories if you're brave enough. (laughs) 